34-year-old Keisha from Chicago has been eating toilet paper since she was 11. I crave it because I love the way the toilet paper feels on my tongue. She keeps toilet paper in her purse and the glove compartment of her car. She munches on toilet paper instead of popcorn at the movies. She eats half a roll every day. That's 1,200 pounds of toilet paper in 23 years. My favorite is this one. Welcome everyone once again to another show. This is the RF Sports Radio Show. I'm your host, RF. You are on live with us on uh, Wednesday, 1 12 11. That's Wednesday, 1 12 11. It's 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. We're on at our regular time. As you guys know, we went to Monday through Friday, uh, 10 to 11 p.m., so we can provide you guys with more information on a more daily basis. So, welcome everyone to the show. We got a lot of stuff to talk about today. We have a special guest coming on today that's going to be Gordon Jackson from the Dallas Weekly. We're going to talk a little bit about the business of college football and also a little bit to do with uh, MLK since it's coming up here pretty soon and black athletes also as well. A very, very good discussion. Of course, I'll be joined by Royce and Rick. They'll be on the line a little bit later. And we're going to have a, a great show for you guys. So without further ado, let's get everything started. If you guys haven't checked out our website, go to rfsportsradio.com. Very simple, very easy. Just go to rfsportsradio.com. You can see the site. we got some video there and also the latest sports stories. You can stay up to date with everything uh, right there. And if you want to email us, uh, go to rfsportsradio at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash rfsportsradio. Let's jump into a couple of top stories real quick before we have our special guests on. And one top story I want to get to is we talked about yesterday – uh, Brady Hoke becoming the coach at Michigan um, after Les Miles decided not to go to Michigan and stay at LSU. And he's excited about taking on the new job. I think he's already won big because he's able to keep Denard Robinson there at Michigan. There was some speculation about him traveling with Rich Rodriguez wherever he may go. But I think the fact that Rich Rod is going to be sitting out next season played a heavy factor in him staying at Michigan. And by him being there, it gives them a chance to, to get better. You know what he did the first part of the college football season? Everyone thought that he was a shoe-in to be the Heisman Trophy winner. Of course, injuries played their toll. And Michigan was not a good football team, as Denard Robinson may have led everybody to believe. Once they got into the Big Ten schedule, things kind of changed at that point. But he is going to stay at Michigan, so they does give Brady Hoke a chance to have a, a nice record. He was the assistant coach at Michigan from 95 to 2002, and definitely excited about uh, coming back to Michigan and coaching. He says it's almost personal for him. He says he's been engaged in that battle for eight years growing up in the state. Uh, he remembers, you know, Bo and Woody and all the great fights they had. Of course, he's talking about the rivalry between Ohio State and Michigan, and he's looking forward to that. And if you follow Michigan football, you know they have a huge tradition of winning, and that's what they want to do. you got about a three-year window, maybe even two years in Michigan, and if you don't win, you don't produce, you got to go. And that's the way they, that's where the athletic department there in Michigan is. Another big story, and this is on our blog, too. If you go to rfsportsradio.com, you'll see these stories here. But LeBron James made a tweet last night. And let me find the tweet for you guys because LeBron James had some things to say about the Cleveland Cavaliers. If you guys haven't heard yet, they lost big time to the L.A. Lakers. I mean, an epic loss. 112 to 57 last night. Doesn't sound real, doesn't sound like the NBA, but I promise you it was 112 to 57, the Lakers over the Cavaliers. So LeBron made a couple of comments on his Twitter page. I'm going to pull his page up real quick and let you guys know exactly what he said. But to the extent of, you know, he kicked them while they were down. I mean, that's that's the best way to put it. And apparently he, was, he, he had enough of all the talk. Uh, everything that was going on between the team. As you guys know, it was a very messy divorce between the two. And he felt this was a time to get some things off his chest. He, he mentioned the fact that God sees everything and and uh, you can't talk about people and this is a just deserved by getting beat so bad. I can't remember a team getting beat that bad since the Globetrotters played the Washington Generals. I mean, in the NBA, this kind of thing does not happen. I mean, 112 to 57. 
I mean, that's huge. You know, when does that happen and where does that happen at? And this is the exact tweet that LeBron made. Let me give you guys the exact quote. He said, crazy. He said, karma's a B. Uh, gets you every time. It's not good to wish bad on anybody, and God sees everything. So he took his time, I guess, to write this tweet last night, I guess, feeling himself. This, his team's doing very, very well, and he took this opportunity to kick the calves. So I guess LeBron's getting getting real familiar with his villain role. I mean, I think he likes playing the villain, quite honestly. Uh, he went to Miami. People didn't like him in Cleveland. He came back to Cleveland, said he hopes the fans uh, embrace him. But they're not going to embrace you when you're making tweets like this. You know, if you want to have the chance to go back to Cleveland and not have the fans in an uproar or the threat of violence at the game, you can't make tweets like this. You kind of let bygones be bygones. Your team is winning. You're on a much better team. The whole world knows that. Just keep playing basketball. Don't worry about what's going on in Cleveland at this point, even if they do get beat by 112 to 57 which is quite embarrassing for an NBA team. I think I know a couple of AAU teams that might be able to hang with the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers right about now. So that's what LeBron had going on last night. Another big story, and we talked about this a little bit before, but Blake Griffin. I mean, Blake Griffin is going to be in the dunk contest this year. He's being coached by Kenny Smith, Kenny, uh, the original Jet Smith, a winner of the dunk contest at one time. And Blake has got to be the shoe-in for the favorite to be dunk champion. And if you don't believe me when I say that, go to rfsportsradio.com. You can see some of his top ten dunks in the season so far. This is his first season playing. He's already got a top ten list. If you look at the dunks that he's done, dunking on top of people, dunking uh, on two people, dunking way above the basket, then you would know why Blake Griffin's going to be that guy. Brandon Jennings, uh, Ibaka, McGee, all of them are going to be competing in the Sprite Slam Dunk Contest on Saturday, All-Star Saturday night. But Blake Griffin's got to be that guy. And if you don't believe me, go to rfsportsradio.com and check it out. And you can definitely see exactly what we're talking about when, when I mean Blake Griffin. The guy is a beast, definitely. Other top stories we get into, the Mavs, they lose their third straight game. They lost to the Indiana Pacers. 102-89, and this makes their eighth straight game without Dirk. we got to talk about this. I know i got to ask Rick about this thing because this is amazing. I mean, Dirk is not back yet. They're still losing, and while they're losing, as we mentioned yesterday, other teams are starting to pull away. The Spurs are pulling away. Uh, the Lakers, the Oklahoma City Thunder are pulling away. So it's going to be a real test for the Mavs. They have Sasha Pavlovic. He did. Get a little playing time tonight, but not effective. They lose to the Indiana, Spur- Indiana Pacers, a team that should beat handily, 102 to 89. They dropped their record down to 26 and 11, which is amazing. Uh, what's going to happen with this Mavs team? We had Roddy B on yesterday, and this is a quick interview that we did with him to find out when he's coming back. I'll replay it for you real quick, and we'll be joined by Rick here shortly. But this is Roddy B and my interview with him last week about when he's going to come back. And what's wrong with the injury? Why is it taking so long? All right, Sports Radio, we're here with Roddy B. Everybody wants to know, man, any timetable when you're coming back? Or, or when can you expect to hit the floor? I don't really know yet. Hopefully in a couple of weeks. So, yeah, hopefully in, at the end of the month or, or next month, we'll see. Uh, I don't really know. It's going to be like a week-by-week situation, so we'll see. So now when you do come back and we see you on the floor, are you expecting to come in to be the two guard? Are you looking at starting or are you looking at coming off the bench or do you even know? Uh, right now, I don't know. I'm just trying to get back from, get back from my injury. So that's what's in my head right now. I don't think about where they're going to use me, how they're going to use me. I just need to come back and then we'll see. And did the rehab process take a lot longer than you thought or were you just trying to be careful and and get it back, you know, up to speed the right way. Oh yeah, we just we want to take our time and don't don't wash anything. So that's why it's been kind of long. And I just yeah, when I'm gonna be in 100 percent for sure, I come back. But right now it's not the case, so I still need to wait. So I mean, what are your thoughts? You know, you sit, you're you're not able to get out there and help the team right now. So what are you thinking when you're sitting there? Like I just need to get back on the court. Or are you thinking? You know, what's going through your head when you, when you see everybody going down, hurt, run out? You know, so what are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, for sure. I'm a basketball player, so I always want to play, but I just can't, so it's kind of frustrating, but the situation is like that, I can't do anything, so I just have to wait. Yeah. Well, we're anxious to see you out there, man, so get well soon, and be ready for you to have a, a big end of the season, man. Thank you very much. All right, and that was Roddy Bees. You guys heard, he's, he's looking at maybe at, at the earliest, the end of the month to come back. These guys got some tough games coming up. They got to play San Antonio. They've got to play uh, Memphis. They also got to go to Detroit on the road. And then they come back home next Thursday, next Wednesday, I'm sorry, a week from today, to play the L.A. Lakers at home. And we'll be at that game live. We're going to do a pregame show from the American Airlines Center where we're going to talk specifically about the Mavs. And hopefully Dirk will be back by that game. We can only keep our fingers crossed. We can only hope as fans that he'll be back because they desperately need Dirk at this point. Again, Mavs lose that third straight game, uh, 102-89 to the Indiana Pacers on the road in Indiana. In other local news, the Cowboys have yet to find a defensive coordinator. Today they interviewed the 49ers D.C. Um, uh, Minuski uh, to try to see if he'll be the fit for the Cowboys going into next season. But, Garrett, we, we talked about what's going to be the most important decision for Garrett right, Garrett right away. It's got to be defensive coordinator. we got to find out who does he like, what scheme does he want to run. He's got these players, some of them, of course, are questionable for next season. There may be a wholesale changes on the roster, but he's got to find the right defensive strategy first to go with. And that's why this is going to be the most important decision for Garrett, other than the players on the roster, to know exactly what's going to happen. Who, what kind of scheme are they going to run? They're going to keep the 3-4. They may even switch to 4-3. I mean, they got 3-4 players right now, but everything is up in the air. I mean, Jason Garrett's team is going to have total control. We've already saw him uh, exercise some of his control by getting rid of Ray Sherman, the wide receivers coach, a guy that was well-liked by the organization. I mean, he interviewed twice as a head coaching position, and uh, Jason Garrett was the first, that was the first guy that he let go on their coaching staff. So who's to say what kind of defense the team is going to run that season? It's going to be very interesting to find out uh, as we go forward into the off season. On top of that, of course, the collective bargaining agreement is not done. So we'll see uh, how that goes also as well, too. In other local news, they did make an announcement today that the Harvey Martin Classic is going to move to Cowboys Stadium. And if you guys are not familiar with the Harvey Martin Classic, of course, he was a a legendary player for the Cowboys, so this is a great fit for them. And by them moving the game, they're going to have a triple header on September the 17th. The Classic was built around Texas A&M Commerce playing a team from the Lone Star Conference and is moving from the Cotton Bowl to Cowboys Stadium. So that's another game that the Cotton Bowl is losing. And it'll be a triple header September 17th uh, from the Lone Star Conference. It'll be Abilene Christian, Midwestern State, Texas A&M Commerce, Texas A&M, Kingsville, and West Texas A&M, all involved in the triple header, which will feature two conference games and one non-conference contest. So that's coming soon, the Cowboys Stadium. I guess Jerry's trying to snatch everything up from the Cotton Bowl. He's already got the Cotton Bowl being played at Texas Stadium. Now he's got the Harvard Martin Classic as well, too. Let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll hopefully be joined by Gordon Jackson from the Dallas Weekly. We'll talk a little bit about the the business of college sports you're listening to the RF Sports Radio Show live on Blog Talk Radio. If you guys want to get in, make sure you call 323-927-2906. That's 323-927-2906. And we'll be right back after this commercial break. Calling all models. Calling all actors. actors. All music artists. Music calling artists. all comedians, comedians and producers. I got producers. a question for you. Have you been having trouble finding gigs, and not just gigs, but paid gigs? Well, if that's you, look no further. Okay. We've got the perfect solution for your problem. Go to webookgigs.info right now. Okay. Sign up and create your profile. And let me tell you what you're going to get. You're going to get updates about shows and paid gigs sent directly to your personal I Twitter, like that. Facebook, email, and your phone. Now, the best thing about webookgigs.info is it's absolutely no cost to I sign up. That. So what are you waiting for? Don't delay. We book geeks.info right now. Right now. What's up out there with it, world? What's up, with it's your boy Chosen. Man, and I'm back in the building, you dig? 
And for all of y'all that haven't already done it, you know what I'm saying? Go out there and join icebreakerproductions.com right now. Support your favorite ICE artist right now. You know what I'm saying? Get a ringtone, get a t-shirt, buy the calendar right now. You can even pick up a teddy bear. You know what I'm talking about? We got everything. Got everything. Um, Every Wednesday, y'all need to be checking out the Icebreaker Radio Show at mm-hmm. 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. 7 p.m. you hear it? Icebreakerproductions.com. You know what I'm saying? Scroll down about the middle of the page and click on the player and you got us. You know what I'm saying? And if that ain't working for you, hop on iTunes and listen to us on the podcast. I ain't tripping. You know, you can get us on anywhere. Anywhere. And uh, if you really want to know what's going down at all times with Icebreaker Productions, you got to follow us on Twitter at Icebreaker Radio. And if right you're a Facebook now. lover, hit us up, Icebreaker Productions. You know right what to do. And uh, for all of y'all that like them live, fresh videos, you know you can follow us on the YouTube channel, Chosen972. Right if you're now. still in the old school and, you know what I'm saying, you still on MySpace, hit us up, 972. We ain't tripping. And uh, without further ado, we're going to go ahead and hop into this album, the reason that you're hearing my voice. Uh-huh. You like one of these artists, you know what I'm saying? So get your jam on, get your lean on. Yeah. And uh, I'll be back at you later on in the future with more ICE announcements. Already. Super Bowl is coming. Don't miss the chance for your business product, service, or website to reach thousands of sports fans from around the world that will be coming to our backyard in Dallas-Fort Worth. We have several Super Bowl shows and appearances planned for the biggest evening in sports. We have street teams available to get your message in the hands of sports fans. Don't miss out on reduced advertising rates for more bang for your buck. Email rfsportsradio at gmail.com. That's rfsportsradio at gmail.com. See you at the Super Bowl. Tax time is coming, and you know you want your rapid refund as quick as possible. Call On Time Tax Services at 214-431-7853. That's 214-431-7853. Mention RF Sports Radio and get half off on your preparation fees. Call On Time Tax Services, 214-431-7853 to get your rapid refund on time. And we are back live on the RF Sports Radio Show. I know a lot of people are trying to call in. We do apologize for the lines being so busy. Just keep trying, 323-927-2906. And we're going to be joined by our special guest, Gordon Jackson, from the Dallas Weekly here shortly. And if you're online listening to us live, go to blogtalkradio.com slash RF Sports, and you'll be able to actually uh, chat with us live in the chat room. We've got a few people in there right now, so I want to send a special shout-out to them. I, I get your questions. I'm going to definitely get them on and, and get you guys uh, in the mix and live on the show. Let me bring on my co-host real quick. Let me bring Rick on real fast. Rick, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. How's it going today? It's going good. It's going really good, man. I'm glad you can make it on with us as always. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Now, before I bring my guest on, uh, this is Gordon Jackson with the Dallas Weekly, and I want to bring him on because I want to have an open discussion with you and him about the business of college sports. Let me bring him on real fast. Uh, Mr. Jackson, we got you live on the RS Sports Radio Show. How you doing tonight? Good evening. How's everybody doing? Good. Doing well. I'm glad we, we can get you on. I know the lines are kind of tied up right there, but I'm glad we can definitely have you on. I want to welcome you back to the program. It's always a pleasure to have you on as well, too. seems like we've been seeing so much of each other lately at the bowl games that I had to have you on to talk a little bit about college sports and the business of college sports. Uh, so I'm definitely glad you came on. And I want to ask you, this is why I wanted to have you on, because the discussion I want to have is about the business of these bowl games. It, it, I realized once I went to the bowl games how much money is being tied up in college sports. I'm looking out in the crowd. I'm seeing people wearing jerseys of some of the college players. Uh, and even at the Cotton Bowl, there were so many people lined up buying shirts and memorabilia and programs. And even the payouts from some of these schools, uh, it was outrageous. I'm looking at a bowl like the Ticket City Bowl, and I'm looking at some of the stats here. Those teams in the Ticket City Bowl both earned $1.2 million apiece, and that was a, a bowl game in the first year of existence. It's not an established bowl game. It's not a BCS game. And they were getting $1.2 million apiece. The Rose Bowl, both teams made $17 million. 
the Orange Bowl, $17 million. Sugar Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, $17 million. And, of course, the big one of them all, BCS, was upwards in $20 million. And they had the best college uh, football rating or best rating ever for a uh, cable program at 27 million households watching the BCS championship. So my question to you, Gordon, I know you had a chance to watch a lot of that happen live like I did. Is there a case being made? I mean, can there be a case made for college athletes to reap some of these benefits of all this money that's being thrown to the schools? And, and they're taking it all. I mean, they're getting the merchandising and everything. But can a case be made for the college player to try to get some of this money, especially when it comes down to the bowl games? You know, this has been this has been ongoing for for a long, long time now, and uh, it is very, very clear as to how much the college athlete is really helping bringing in uh, all of those all those millions of dollars, like you just said, to the institutions, to the universities, uh, and to all of the different properties uh, 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 surrounding that, and so. The, the one common thing that you often hear when that when it gets when that gets into a debate stage is that well the that college athlete is uh getting something out of it they're getting a free education and uh and so and so they they use that point uh, to uh to uh to try to try to settle the 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 point to settle the argument uh, but then you have to go back and ask, well, look, like you just said, like you just described everything, as to how much everybody, all the money is coming in and how much so many people are making a profit off of the exploits and the works of that uh, athlete. And, and to be frankly, in a lot of ca- in, in many cases, particularly with football and basketball, uh, the African-American athlete. And so there right. still stands uh, a very, very solid point. Uh, and uh, whether that athlete should get something out of that, should they get a cut out of that, should they get mm-hmm. some type of siphon? There was a time in the sixties and the seventies where uh, top college athletes they they got they got a little siphon, uh, mm-hmm. twenty, thirty, forty dollars a month or something like that, and so that they could at least go out and go have lunch and do some do some things like that, and, and now they've even cut that out, and so. So that you could tell how and what you what you're looking at is that the the more and more the uh, particularly the black athlete is becoming a part of uh, the revenue producing of the sports projects and college athletics, uh, the more and more you see uh, them being deprived of getting getting a share of those dollars, and the more and more you're seeing. Uh, these institutions, you know, get, getting the dollars that are that are raking that they're raking in uh, at 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 such a high cost, and so you know, you look you look at all those different points, and and you could say that definitely is a case uh, in uh, in seeing that the college athlete uh, gets some of the share of that revenue that is coming in. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100. And and we've been joined. If you guys are just tuning in by Gordon Jackson from Dallas Weekly, if you want to follow what they're doing, just go to DallasWeekly.com. Uh, they got some great information there. They're always covering the sporting events and everything that's going on, not just in Dallas but in the black community as a whole. So I thank you again for coming on. Now, Rick, you were at the Ticket City Bowl, and you know, and, and you saw kind of what the what the atmosphere was. I mean, even for us as the media. You know, we got – I went to All Forces Bowl. I received a jacket. I received um, uh, all kinds of different gifts and different corporate sponsors were there, of course. And you saw how much signage was there with all these games. You saw how the crowd was filled in. And even for that, the, the team pulled in $1.2 million, But a lot of those athletes are going home with, you know, nothing. A lot of them don't make it to the NFL. And what do you think about that? Do you think they should have some kind of – something in place, especially at least for a bowl game, if they can't figure out how to pay the college athlete. But the bowl game is a <clears throat> excuse me, a bowl game is a, a money maker all the way around. Why not the college athlete make a little money too? You know, we we've kinda, you know, kinda dipped and dabbled and tried to talk about this, you know, before and just kinda like I mentioned before, you know, I've always been one that was in favor of the education. You know, the way I see it, education to me is is very, very priceless, you know, and a lot of it is up to the athlete and whether he wants to take advantage of that, you know. But at the same time, you can always make a case, 
in my opinion. You can always make a case because there's it's entirely too much money that's being made out there by all of the institutions, no matter how you look at it. All the game all the games during the season, I mean you got you got ticket admissions and, 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 and uh concessions and things of that nature, jerseys and that's being sold, all types of memorabilia. You know, the colleges are making money. They are making money, and at some point, I'm sure, you know, at some point they'll try to toy around with the idea of paying these um, athletes, you know. And it it would have to be something, in my opinion, that's like, you know, really on a scale that's fair for everybody, no matter, you know, how good the athlete is or how much better he is than the next person. You know, it should probably be something by grade. You know, maybe freshmen get a certain amount, sophomores, juniors, and seniors, they all get a certain amount, but it's the same thing across the board, you know, and with all the colleges, you know, something like that, you know. And, I, and, and again, I'm just throwing something out there, you know, because I right. could, I could feel, feel for, you know, the athletes because they are making a lot of money in all sports. Yeah. They are in making sports, a lot of money right. out there. You know, yeah. Another, another huge, another huge revenue thing, like you said, our sports is just like the March Madness and the and the tournament. And um, uh, Gordon hit on a, a key point. Predominantly, these athletes that we're talking about are black athletes. And I want to bring that point to the forefront because you had some players that were actually ruled ineligible throughout the season that made huge impacts in the bowl game. The Cotton Bowl I went to, Steve Finley was ruled ineligible, got ruled back eligible to play in the Cotton Bowl, huge impact. You take a guy like Cam Newton, you take uh, the five players from Ohio State, all of it involved money. You know, they got ineligible based on the money that they accepted or whatever gifts they accepted. But they were able to come back and play for that bowl game because they know it was a huge money grab for the schools, for the sponsors. So it's kind of like a, a almost like a double standard or, or putting their foot in their mouth because they don't want to pay them, but they'll let them play in the game that's going to make them the most money. That's a, that's an excellent point, and that that's like you said the double standard how how it goes back and forth like that, and what and so what that does too is that that also plays a factor into when you hear about these recruiting violations and things of that nature, you know, where it seems like the athlete gets tainted or the institution gets tainted if they, if they uh, are charged or are found guilty of a, uh, of, of a recruit, of recruiting violation. That, that's, that's all mixed up in that, in, in that same factor because you, uh, because they, 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 Violence the, uh, the the recruiting rules. Uh, this athlete, they don't get they don't get any money, uh, even though they've seen millions of dollars going to other institutions. So, but they can't do anything. They can't go as far. They can't buy their girlfriend a, a hamburger at McDonald's. They can't they can't do any of those right. different types of things. So, if they try to do that, or if they take money from somebody, even a, even as little as twenty, fifty, fifty dollars. To go have dinner, then then all of a sudden, boom, they've uh, they've qualified for a recruiting violation. Then then uh, it gets reported. Then you hear it in the papers. You hear it on the news and things like that. And there's this bad, you know there's this bad tainted uh, uh, news about about the about the athlete in the school, you know, violating recruiting violations. So once again, the money plays a factor in that as well. Mm, you're absolutely right. And- and uh, if you guys are joining us now, we're on with Gordon Jackson from Dallas Weekly. Go to DallasWeekly.com. You can see all the information they have going on there. And, of course, i got Rick on the phone and Royce will be joining us here in a second. While I have your time, and I know your time is precious, Gordon, I want, to hear, want you to hear some comments. I had asked another uh, black college athlete by the name of Kelvin Beecham with SMU, and if you guys uh, don't know the story, but go back and check the 30 for 30 story about the Pony Excess. SMU was one of those schools back in the in the earlier uh, years that were known for violations. They were the first school to have the uh, coin term death penalty applied to them that still wrecking their program at this point. And I asked them specifically, you know, about, you know, being a college player, especially being an SMU player. I know people are looking at you more so now after the 30 for 30 presentation than anything else. And I think you guys are going to be real interested to hear what he has to say. Well, this is Kelvin Beecham when I talked to him at the Young Forces Bowl. Talk about that real quick. How important for players just getting in the, you know, you hear so much about everyone trying to get to the NFL. The reality is not everyone has an opportunity. But how important it is if, you know, you graduate, how important it is it for you to have a chance to graduate? Why you have a chance to get such a good education? Well, one thing, uh, 
a man wants to when I first got here. SMU is using you. I'm not saying you're not being dirty at all, but SMU is using you. You use SMU. You maximize the opportunity that you have at this school. You try to, you know, use everything that they all the resources that they have. You know, I got done in three and a half years, and, and I almost had a chance to be done in three years, but I'm trying to use the SMU, the connections, the, the, the school, the teachers, the professors, the coaches, the administration, you know, everybody, you know, every, I mean, board, you know, everybody, trying to use everybody to, to my to my best ability to use what they have offered me. They offer me a full scholarship. Right. So, I mean, they, they got everything taken care of. So, as a, as a student, as an athlete, I got to do the things necessary to use everything that they've given me. So, that's, that's, what, that's one thing that Coach Jones is preaching and the, the athletic department and the academic side of the athletic department is preaching is to take advantage of what SMU has for you and use it to your best of ability. Now, how hard is it really to, you know, these, these, these rule books and the NCAA that sometimes they're fine lines? How hard is it as, a, as an athlete to, to, to keep everything where it's doing the straight and narrow? Straight and narrow, um, want be be happy common sense. Yeah. You know, mama didn't raise no food. You know, we got some, some mama. We from my head, so I know mama didn't raise no food. Mama didn't raise no food. <laughs> but just, just be logical about some of the things, you know. You know, different views. I have different views of what's going on. Right. But me personally, I, I've i always been the type of person to just stay there, keep a low key. You know, you don't have to worry about it. You never hear nothing about Troy Aitman, you know, right. when he played. I mean, just keep everything on low key. You don't have to worry about all that type of stuff. And that makes it a lot easier on everybody. If you just, not saying, not, I mean, I have fun too. Yeah. I have fun. Yeah. But at the same time, be smart about it. Yeah. You know, be smart about what you do. You know, Coach Jones will give us a curfew for the first two nights. Right. I mean, he knows, like I said, he's teaching us how to be men. Yeah. You got to be a man. You got to know what's right and what's wrong. Don't be out there farther and, and getting in trouble and having shooting posts up and doing yeah. those types of things. Just go and enjoy yourself, but at the same time, do the right thing. Now, what about you and your career? What are your aspirations going forward? You know, um, I started my master's program. Um, this, well, I started school on the fourth, so I really don't have much free time after the program. But I started school on the fourth. Um, maybe give it a shot at the NFL. You don't, you never, you never know. Just you know, y'all can do is give it a shot. Um, like I said, started my master's program. Um, majored in economics, graduated with an undergrad degree in economics and minor sports management. So just use those things to the best of my ability. Got some connections after school. Um, you know, I'm on the board of trustees, so I know some people that know some people that know some people. So just use those people and. You know, just use the reason. And that was uh, Kelvin Beach right there. I'm going to cut that off kind of early. But, uh, and then Gordon, I, I think we can only hope that athletes, especially black athletes, have that same attitude. You heard him say that he knows SMU is using him, so he's going to use SMU. He graduated in three and a half years. He's going to take his last uh, two years of eligibility and get his master's degree while he's there on a the full ride. I mean, I think we can only hope that black college athletes have that same same attitude about about having a full scholarship. Yeah, and a lot of that is depend on how they're how they're raised, how they're reared up in their family and their community. Uh, you know what type of values are instilled uh, in, in that person and and the community and the community sur- surrounding them. And uh, so you hopefully you have somebody who guides them right and says and 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 says make the make the most of it. And so so you have to give credit to Kelvin for that. Uh, uh, graduating in, in, in less than four years, getting his degree, and then so whether or not he plays NFL football, he's got uh, a foot in the ground as far as uh, as a good professional career in whatever field he he chooses to go, uh, chooses to go. Unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, not all athletes think that way. Uh, True, uh, and and unfortunately, it's prevalent. In the uh, in in the African American community with African American families, where they look at the athletic scholarship at a major college as as the way out, as they put all their eggs in one basket with that yeah. and things. And so so that that's a point to the, to that to to on, on that side as to where uh, that uh, you know you do have you do get that uh, that that free education, and so go ahead and make the use of that study. Not only uh, not only perform athletically, but perform academically. But then again, on the other hand, uh, there has been issues where you hear from the athletes that they're that be, being a student athlete uh, at a major college university or at a competitive college university is really uh, is that it's not them putting athletes first. It's it's uh, the it's the school putting athletic first with their practice schedules. 
And with them working so True. hard throughout the week, they really don't have time to study. So that True. is, once again, what you were talking about, the double standard, the back-and-forth double standard that goes to where you're telling the student-athlete or you're expecting the student-athlete to think properly in one way, but then the environment does not allow them to do that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, we're joined by Gordon Jackson, thankfully, from the Dallas Weekly. Go to DallasWeekly.com. You can check on everything these guys got coming up. They got some big stuff cooking up for the Super Bowl here. Uh, coming up the first of next month, I've got Rick on the line. I want to bring Royce on real quick because he's finally joining us here on the show. So let me welcome him to the program. Uh, Royce, how you doing tonight? All right. Uh, what was the subject tonight? Uh, I heard y'all talking is, about paying college athletes. Yeah, we, we talked about my college athletes, but uh, what I want to transition to uh, real quick and and me and Gordon kind of talked about this earlier today with everything coming up with MLK. Of course, the celebration of the holiday is going to be Monday. I want to talk a little bit about black college athletes. I saw a, a special on ESPN talked about some of the co- comparing and contrasting black college athletes from, from uh, say, from the uh, 60s, 70s, all the way up until uh, the 2000s, 2010s, and some of the transitions that have been made. Uh, especially, you know, the dealing with Dr. King, even even athletes of his era and his time. And, Ross, I know you can attest to that, but do you guys think that now uh, with with everything that Dr. King has been able to do for the black American race that, you know, college sports, the, the I'm sorry, the uh, black athletes have always been at the forefront of a lot of things, everything from political stances uh, to even just representing the uh, the black culture as a whole. You think the black college athlete now kind of forgets about some of those other athletes that paved the way for them, and you know that did the civil rights stuff back in the day? Do they kind of lose track of that to know that they're really blessed to have the opportunities that they have right now? And Russ, I ask you that first. Ronnie, you're absolutely right. I think they have. And if Gordon can 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 relate to this, I remember Jim Brown stood up because the way he was treated playing football, he's the one that really opened the door. Ron Crew is another one in baseball for free agency. That's why I can look at LeBron James today. He's able to do what he can do for making a decision by where he want to go uh, to play uh, basketball. A lot of people criticize him for that, but at one time they didn't have that kind of power where you can pick and choose where you want to do uh, go. And Jim Brown stood up and said he wasn't going to take it anymore. Ron Crew did it in baseball. And uh, they yeah. paid the way for these guys to really have free agency because they, they were treating the athletes, and mainly the black athletes, uh, like they owned them. And you can right. attest to the to the guy at Cleveland how he treated LeBron James because he chose, after giving him seven years, doing everything he could, pouring his heart and soul out with the team, to, to treat him as bad publicly and come out right and call him everything under the sun, you know, mm-hmm. because he chose to go somewhere else. But, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of them forget that. They, they're selfish, and most of them don't give back to the community. But a garden can attest, you know, back in the day, it was nothing like it is today. Yeah, it, uh, def- definitely back back in the day, you you, you mentioned Jim Brown, John Wooten, some other people right. uh, that, right. that, did stand, that did stand up. And, and they knew that because they were breaking ground as a black athlete. They were being some of the first black athletes at this team, this school, wherever. And, and, and they knew, and they, were, and they were raised by the community as such, that they were breaking ground, that they were breaking, making an opportunity for other blacks in, uh, ahead of them. Right. And, and so they knew that they had to go in, work hard, you know, make it happen as best as they can, keep uh, keep the nose clean. And while you're mentioning people like Jim Brown, you can mention Spencer Haywood in basketball. You can mention John Kirk Flood in baseball, who helped uh, dismantle the reserve clause and things like that. And these are examples of other athletes who sacrificed. They sacrificed their reputation. They sacrificed a lot of their careers, uh, particularly in Kirk Flood's case, uh, to you know to to make these grounds. But today. Uh, unfortunately, in most cases, not in all cases, but in most cases, it's it's, it's all about the dollar, and it's all about how much of that dollar uh, that dollar you can make. And so, unfortunately, that education or that that historic that history is not passed on to today's uh, black student athletes. So, so there's a disconnection, and so there you see that type of uh, that type of attitude with today's most of uh, many of today's. 
think I know you. Go, I know you can can somewhere feel the same way too. I know me. I mean, me and you are are pretty much close, uh, close in age, and probably uh, then then uh, Gordon and um, and Royce are to us. But even even when us when we played football, we played basketball, and you had a chance to play some college basketball as well too. Do you think that now the athlete now looks at it differently? Do they take a lot of this stuff for granted? Do they not look back and see, you know, who paved the way for them to even play at at, at any school, especially Division One school, and let alone be the face of a, a league like basketball is uh, specifically right now? You know, uh, without question, I, I do think, you know, a lot of these guys take it for granted. You know, uh, that's why, you know, other generations, you know, of the black athlete today should, you know, pay homage. They should give respect, you know, to those guys that paved the way for these uh, particular athletes. There's no doubt about it. You got some athletes out there that, you know, really takes it for granted. You always find them in trouble some way, somehow, you know, whether it's, you know, doing something to some girl or doing something in, in a club or shooting somebody or whatever it is. You know, you have these athletes that's out there doing that. They feel like they can do no wrong. They're going to, they're gonna, you know, always be taken care of, taken advantage of a, of a certain situation. It's a privilege to get out there and do the, the things that they're doing and to make the type of money that they're making. I have no problem with, you know, the athlete that wants to take advantage of a better opportunity, you know, for himself or for his family, you know, making more money however he wants to do it the, the, way, the way LeBron James did it, you know. Uh, Jim Brown and the guys that you guys alluded to, you know, they paved the way for these guys to be able to do stuff like that. Now, the issue that I have, and I'm not saying that LeBron James is not doing anything, but the issue I have with athletes that take advantage of that situation, what is it that you're doing to help others? What is it that you're doing that's going to help the people that's coming behind you? You know, right, and right. that's that. those are the type of athletes that you that you want to have out there right now. Mm. now and you know, you got to go all the way. Let me say this right quick, Rodney. You got to go all the way to the Olympics when the guys raised the clinch black glove fence. We had uh, the fist. I'm sorry. We had to put it on the largest stage to call attention to how blacks were even treated in America. You know, we had to take it so the whole world could see it. You know, and yeah. that, that's how bad it was. You know that we had to do that, but these guys had to make a statement back in the day. They got they got sent home the next day from the Olympics for protesting. Standing up just for the black athletes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you're, you're absolutely you're right. To, you're you're referring to John Collins and Tommy Smith in the '68 Olympics in Mexico City with the Black Power right. salute. Right. And, and right. there's another right. example that the stand that they made and they they sacrificed uh, their they sacrificed their careers. Like you said, they got sent home and it looked like they were going to be blackballed or, or red. Right, they were. What, they what were. Knowledge you want yeah. to out of out of any athletic program. And things. Fortunately, they were able to rebuild their lives, and and now they're and and, and as a symbol uh, to show of how the world has approved of their stand, they were saluted in the last uh, Olympic Games in Beijing, uh, right. in Beijing, China. Beijing, they, right. They, they, right. They went there, and in la- and last year we inducted John Collison to the Texas Black Sports Hall of Fame, and he got the biggest ovation. When he got up and, and and received this induction, but that but that was you know that's been forty years now. Uh, the first right. five ten years after made that salute, it looked like they would never find a place in the athletic industry, you know, right. uh, again, and things like that. Right. So once again, that's an indication of how of of the difference, the consciousness level at the time of the black athlete at that time compared to now. Yeah, right. and I I agree with you hundred percent and. And uh, we're joined by Gordon Jackson, DallasWeekly.com. And before I let you go, I know your time is precious. The last question I want to ask you is, as, as I respectfully have not been doing this media as long as you have, you've covered a lot of events, you've seen a lot of stuff happen. But I am surprised, uh, quite honestly, by the, you know, even the bowl games that I saw you at and, and the events I see you at, I look around sometimes and I don't see any other uh, black media that are covering uh, the black athlete. And I think that, that pays into the – the double standard in the media, they did a poll on ESPN, uh, over 60% of the, of the public, that's white and black, think there is a double standard in sports when it comes to the black athlete. And I think that has to do something with the fact that I don't see a lot of black media covering the sports. I mean, can you attest to that? I mean, yep. you, you've been doing it a lot longer than me. Yes, and, and usually I've seen it turn full cycle. When I first started in the late 80s, 
and I and I was, I got started in Denver, Colorado, and started covering the Broncos uh, and and the and the Nuggets and things. Uh, I was the only black person in in, in the press box, uh, and uh, because there there were no black reporters for any of the mainstream press at the time. And I began to see that improve gradually over the years. I began to see uh, I began began to see more more and more black reporters with mainstream press. Began to see a few more black press um, um, also being being representing uh, the uh, in, being represented in the major sporting events with the major sports teams. Now I've seen it gone back to what you just said. You and I. Uh, being uh, being the only uh, uh, black press, or being, being the only, being one of the few blacks in in the press box, and that does dictate the way uh, the the athlete, the black athlete, is covered uh, in in the media, in in the mainstream media. There's just simply two different viewpoints uh, when you look at the mainstream press versus the black press, or versus black reporters in in the mainstream. And so if you ask what what is needed, do we need more black uh, journalists in the mainstream press? Do we need more of the black press covering covering sports like like, uh, Sam Lacey did back in the day when when he covered Jackie Robinson or Wendell Smith with the Pittsburgh Courier covered Jackie Robinson? Which one one do you need? And the answer is a combination of both. You absolutely need more African-Americans in the media industry covering sports in general. And that doesn't mean that they have to cover just the black athlete. I mean, they could talk. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we could talk about Tony Romo just as much as we can talk about Tony right. Romo, you know, course, and things right. like that. We can we can cover all aspects of, uh, of of the sport. But the bottom line is that, that we do need uh, uh, do need more African Americans in the media industry covering the, the sports industry. Yeah, and I agree with that. And I'm and I'm speaking specifically, no disrespect to anyone that that in the in the profession. I'm not talking about the athlete term, media personality. I'm talking specifically about just media people in general. Right. You know, those right. that just write stories, have websites, and have radio shows. So it's definitely a blessing to have what we have. Before we let me, let you go, Gordon, why don't you tell us a little bit about what Dallas Weekly has going on and some of the stuff you guys got coming up planned as well too. Well, we're looking into exciting times, as as you guys know, which is a few weeks away from the Super Bowl being played at Cowboys Stadium. We just got through with our Martin Luther King edition. That issue is in our e-edition. So you can look at DallasWeekly.com, click on e-edition. So then we're getting ready to uh, uh, print some special sections uh, on, on coverage of the Super Bowl for the next two weeks. We'll have our special Super Bowl edition February 3rd. And then we'll have some daily Super Bowl issues out on the special in special publications that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of uh, of Super Bowl weekend. So we plan on uh, providing very extensive coverage of all angles, all aspects of uh, of Super Bowl Forty Five and and the football and, and sports industry. Well, good, and we thank you for coming on again. It's the second time on the show, and you know you're always welcome anytime. Uh, we we definitely love having you on. I do appreciate it big time. Thanks, thanks for calling me, man. And, and uh, ask me anytime. Good. All right, thanks, Gordon. Thanks for taking a quick appreciate commercial. Let's take a quick night. commercial break, real fast. We'll be come, we'll come back. We'll be joined by our normal three, me, Royce, and Rick. We got a lot of more stuff to debate. I got to get you guys' opinion on some of the top stories I ran earlier today. So let's take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back on the RF Sports Radio Show. Hi, this is Pastor Monica Wallace. I want to personally invite you to Kingdom Encounter every Sunday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio. That's blogtalkradio.com slash kingdom encounter each and every Sunday at 5 p.m. Hear what the kingdom has to offer you and have your own encounter. That's blogtalkradio.com slash kingdom encounter. Sundays at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time with me, Pastor Monica Wallace, and may God bless you. Super Bowl is coming. Don't miss the chance for your business product, service, or website to reach thousands of sports fans from around the world that will be coming to our backyard in Dallas-Fort Worth. We have several Super Bowl shows and appearances planned for the biggest evening in sports. We have street teams available to get your message in the hands of sports fans. Don't miss out on reduced advertising rates for more bang for your buck. 
Email rfsportsradio at gmail.com. That's rfsportsradio at gmail.com. See you at the Super Bowl. Tax time is coming, and you know you want your rapid refund as quick as possible. Call On Time Tax Services at 214-431-7853. That's 214-431-7853. Mention RF Sports Radio and get half off on your preparation fees. Call On Time Tax Services, 214-431-7853 to get your rapid refund on time. This is RF with the RF Sports Radio Show. I'm here live with my good friend, CEO and creator of LawApps.com, Jared Rice. Why don't you let everyone know exactly what LawApps.com is? It's a mobilized version of an attorney's regular website so that people can access the site on mobile phones like smartphones, whether it be HTC, iPhone, Android, BlackBerry, or Palm, or any Windows-based system. So why does an attorney need LawApps.com? Well, if you have a regular website and people are pulling it up on their mobile phone, obviously they can't see it. So if you don't have a mobilized version of your site, you're missing out on millions of customers. And, you know, for business, that's not a good thing, especially in 2011. So what's the best way for people to get in contact with LawApps.com? Go to our website at LawApps.com, and apps is spelled with a Z on the end, not an S. Or they can give us a call at our toll-free number, one eight eight eight. 974 6784. Uh, that's 1888 974 6784. And it's lawapps.com, L A W A P P Z.com. Get your law firm out of the dark ages. We're back live on our uh, special edition of R Sports Radio Show, our Wednesday edition. We got a chance to talk with Gordon Jackson from Dallas Week. We talked about uh, college athletes, college sports, of course, with all the money that's being generated by the bowl games, we debated on should the college athlete get some of the share of that game. I mentioned some of the numbers that we have. All the BCS schools in the BCS championship games, from the Fiesta Bowl to uh, the Sugar Bowl, all received $17 million apiece. So we discussed on whether the college athletes should get paid. We played a quick interview this uh, early in the show from Roddy B to find out when he's coming back to the Mavs. And I've been joined by Rick and Royce. We're back on. We're back doing our thing, as always. I want to welcome you guys back onto the program. And we'll be replaying this show on Monday uh, for the Martin Luther King holiday. So if you missed it tonight, make sure you check out the show Monday at 10 p.m. And you can listen to the replay of this show. It's a great show. A lot of good topics as well, too. Now that i got my regular guys back on, i got to ask you guys a couple of questions real fast. First, uh, if you guys may not already know, the Mavs lost again tonight. Uh, this yeah, is their third straight no. loss. They lost 102 to 89. They lost to the Pacers. We talked about this yesterday. And uh, the rumors are still starting to circulate about Stephen Jackson coming back or Andrew Eagle Dollar. And a good buddy of mine, A.K. Jackson, he's got a show, NBA Fame News, on uh, Blog Talk Radio. He's been on the show before. He's out there in L.A. He sent a message on our uh, chat line or our chat uh, room. He says, uh, I'm hearing the Mavs plan to pursue Iguodala or Steven Jackson. Attention, Mark Cuban. Do not acquire Jackson. He's a locker room killer. Uh, that's what A.K. Wow. Jackson had to say. Wow. So, as you see, the fans are reacting. But, Rick, i got to ask you, man, you mentioned Steven Jackson. I mean, you think he's going to be, you know, who we should go after. But we got to make a move, I know. We do have to make a move, you know, and I, I don't necessarily know that Steven Jackson is the, the, the answer, you know, but I know – Steven Jackson is a pretty good player on the basketball court. I mean, he's he's a right. 6'6", 6'7", guy. He's long. He's fast, you know, although he has slowed down a little bit. He can shoot the outside shot, you know, and just because of his height and his length, he can defend pretty pretty well. I mean, you know, I don't. he's not one of the best defenders out there, but like I said, he can, he can hold his own, you know, and he's an aggressive player, which that, that helps. But if he's a locker room killer, I mean, you know, as usual in the way it's been for the longest, you know, that's not what the Mavericks need. I'm not sure that the Mavericks locker room is strong enough to to keep, you know, a bad attitude or a cancer, so to speak, you know, from infesting the rest of the locker room, you know. And if I had a choice between the two, I would definitely go for Andre Iguodala. You know, that will be pretty good. Andre Iguodala, he's about the same size guy, same length, you know, but he's a lot more athletic, a lot more uh, faster than um, Steven Jackson is. Probably can't shoot as well, but he could score 
a whole lot better because he can get to the basket and create his own shot and hit his free throws, you know. So, I, I, you know, the Mavericks need to make a move, you know, and if I had to make a choice between the two, I'd definitely go for Andre. Now, I, I do have to caution everyone, of Rick, that is a homer call because you are an equal dollar fan. And you are 70 I am a, I am a, so, 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 so tell the public, tell the public, tell the public. I do admit that, me, because truth be told, I'm a Philadelphia 76ers fan, ride or die. Now, you know, I don't, it is, it's not necessarily a homer call, but really just looking at the, the players in the, the NBA, you know, I do think that Iguodala is a better player. I mean, he's a very, very solid player, you know, and I, I would think that most GM execs out there would, would tell you the same thing. You know, but like I said, you know, if Stephen Jackson comes, he could help, you know, but if he's a problem like that in the locker room, I'm not sure that's what the Mavericks need. And, Roy, just to, just to notify you, because you may not have heard, but Carmelo Anthony is still has not been traded. He's still a Denver Nugget. So I think I still got some life in that, that whole thing about him coming to the Mavs. He hasn't been traded right. yet, so I can yeah, still right hope, right? right? Rodney, if New Jersey can't get him, I doubt the Mavericks can get him. And and, and speaking of Jackson and Andre, either one of those guys would be a great addition to this team. I You know, I watched some of this game, and, you know, and I've been kind of watching the Mavericks. They've been getting by on jump shots, and, you know, and, and, and you can live by the jump shot, die by the jump shot. They Man. don't have any utility players. We need somebody that's going to clean the boards, get rebounds, go to the basket, either one of those guys would be a very good addition to the Mavericks because we need some slashes. They need some low-post players. They are missing that. And the games they lose, they're getting killed by that way. You know, and bad real team. bad. bad and yeah, and, and, and I said last night I had the strangest feeling. I said they'd probably go one and three on this road trip because mm. uh, Indiana had won the night before, and they yeah. were at the momentum. But the Mavericks, you know, it's like they don't play. You know, even though Dirk is out, which means you might have to play harder, play longer minutes, or play harder. I don't see the hustle in this team. They just getting by, you know what I mean? Like they resting and waiting on Dirk to come back to be the savior of this team. But that that's just that's the downfall of the Dallas Mavericks. I watch them. But they need every team. And I can go all the way back to Dennis Rodman, to Kirk Rambis, He's a utility player. We don't have a utility player on this team. Mm. Yeah, I mean, hey, I mean, well said. That's all I can say about that. Right. Well said. It's, it's, it's right. sick. To, it's sick to see it, man. I mean, yeah, it tonight is. they had. They, it was it was four guys out there that had uh, sixteen points or better. Four guys out there for for Indiana had 16 points or better, and the Mavericks defend a whole lot better than that, and everybody knows yeah. it. You know, that's why Dirk needs to uh, hurry up and get back, although, you know, right. rest, get your, get yourself healthy. But, you know, they need him back. They need Dirk back, you know, and oh, yeah, Karan Butler, Butler really, really hurts. Because Karan Butler was one of those utility players that you're talking about. Right. He'll slash. Right. He'll defend. He'll shoot. I mean, you know, not right. that he was great at anything, you know, but he right. would do some of everything. Right. Yeah. yeah. Somebody that creates their own shots. You know, they yeah. get a ball of dirt. Everybody stands around. I don't see anybody banging the boards for rebounds. We don't have nobody that plays above the rim. You know, I've been watching highlights every night. J.R. Smith is a walking highlight film. I, and, you know, he's not a great shooter, <laughs> but he knows how to play around yeah. the basket. He knows right. how to go to the basket. He knows how to play above the rim. Who do we have on this Maverick team that's, you know, that, like that? Nobody. I, I mean, can't that's, name that's one. the whole point. There's that's nobody. That's the whole point. But, well, you know what, if I, had, if I had to choose, we've got about a minute left, but if I had to choose – I'm like you, Rick. I would go with Equal Dollar for the simple fact that right. I know he's hungry. I know he's hungry. He's been sitting on that right. Philadelphia squad. Even even the time when he had to play behind AI in the last couple of years when he was there, I know he's hungry. I know if you put him on a good team, surrounded with the players that we have, I think he'll be a great player, man. I, I really man, think, he I would. think he'll be the slasher. I think he'll be that slasher. You saw him in the Olympics. You saw him in the Olympics yeah. doing that. Right. Look how he plays right. with better players. I agree totally. Right. right. So I, I hope I hope that the man's gonna pick between the two and there's a choice, go with Andre Iguodala. I think he's hungry, I think he'll come in and, and play ball and won't disrupt the team like a Stephen Jackson would do. That was a great point, AK, that you brought that up. 
That's been our show for tonight, guys. You can always go back and download it on iTunes, or you can go check our website, rfsportsradio.com. We've got LeBron's comments from last night after the Cavaliers got beat 112-57. That's on the website, and also some trash right. talk that's going on between the Jets and Patriots, which we'll get into tomorrow. Oh, big time. Uh, I got so a question for you guys night, for tomorrow's show. 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. at blogtalkradio.com, say rfsports, or rfsportsradio.com. All right.